0: You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. My name is Angie and I'm your host for today. I have in the studio with me, Mr. Mark Bird with Revive Ohio. Hello again, Mr. Bird.
1: Hey, Angie.
0: Last week, we started this three-week conversation about outreach to our family. We're always talking about doing outreach to people that are in our circle of influence, that are in our life every day, or even strangers out on the street. But how about those people, especially those little people that live in our household? Today, we're talking about children.
1: And we talk about being the most important ministry that we have, Angie, is to our family, to our children.
0: Absolutely. And so, you know, last week, we talked about the why why should we even decide that we need to minister to our own family first? Right. It's not okay, it's not acceptable to just take your family to church and let somebody else teach them. Right. It's our responsibility. God has put these people, no matter who these people are, relatives or children or whoever, has put them in our lives, and I think that is a very strong responsibility for all of us. But today I want to, like I said, specifically talk about the children. Next week, we're going to get into relatives. (laughs) (laughs) The relatives. So (laughs) it's going to be a fun conversation. Well, let's go ahead and jump into scripture.
1: Yeah, we're going to be reading today in Deuteronomy. Chapter 4, Angie, in verse 9, it says, Only take heed to yourself and diligently keep yourself, lest you forget the things your eyes have seen, and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life, and teach them to your children and your grandchildren. So it is apparent that this is exactly what God wants and is teaching the children of Israel to make sure that you teach these laws and statutes to your children and your grandchildren. And it is the responsibility. You know, we read a lot about stewardship in the bible right we're supposed to be good stewards of all the things that god has blessed us with what is the most important thing that god has blessed us with children children right and of course if you're a grandparent you're going to say grandchildren as well well
0: yeah and you know you may not think that you have that much impact on your grandkids but you really do
1: absolutely like i i know most people i know and they talk about their grandparents and it's always how much of an influence they had on them yes no matter what it was, and you have those conversations, and it's apparent, And the grandparents, in most cases, probably didn't even realize it.
0: No, it's true.
1: And so I'm sure that that carries forth today too. the grandparents probably don't realize the impact that you can actually have on your grandchildren.
0: Yeah, amen. And so
1: what more of an influence could you possibly have than being an influence of God and his laws and his statutes and following him? And you teaching their grandchildren that same exact thing. I think that it's second to none, Angie.
0: I think that in the Old Testament, especially the first five books, God is constantly telling them to remember what's being seen and what they're hearing and to take that to the children. And so that's how they passed on the law was Absolutely. orally from them to their children, to their grandchildren and so on down through. But then when we start getting into the different kings, yeah. they start forgetting that. Right. And their moms are the sometimes the influence. Some of those moms were not people who followed God. And they right. had influence on their little princes and when they became king they were bad kings. Exactly right. <laughs> yeah,
1: they were. And what happened is it influenced the entire nation. Wow. Another thing that came to my mind thinking about that, Angie, if your parents are telling you these things of the Lord, right? And you know how children are, like, eh, they're skeptical, they die, well, that's mom or that's dad, whatever. But if the grandparents come in behind that and reinforce the same thing, like it makes that whole family unit stronger.
0: So I know a young man who's been recently realizing that God is calling him to ministry. Mm. And it just so happened that over the holidays, his grandparents were in town and he came to realize the history that wow. his grandfather had stepped out to become a pastor which made his father become a pastor wow. which now is bringing it to him and he was really overwhelmed by the history and you know what we can make such a big impact from for children we don't even know yet right, <laughs> we may not right. ever know that are in our future it's called a legacy And so, yes, the Old Testament is full of scriptures that talk about how to build that legacy with our children and grandchildren.
1: And again, this is the way God designed for it to be passed down, right? This is how all of the things that we've learned were passed down to us, and it is now our responsibility. We are called to be stewards to continue to pass that on. And so I want to go over now to Deuteronomy chapter six, and this is so powerful because this lays it all out so clearly. And starting in verse four, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, with all your might. And these words which I command to you today shall be in your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. And so this is the exact, like, what other time is there, Angie?
0: Well, I mean, a lot of times nowadays, and I I hate to, to say it, but parents take their kids to Sunday school and they drop them off. Right. What about the fact that those kids are around you more than anything? And I know that goes back to some parents don't feel like they have the knowledge themselves. And we talked about this a little bit last week. It's okay. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to point the way to God. And you guys can do that together.
1: And you know, this is interesting, Angie. You can start today.
0: It's a new year. Why not?
1: Because that's the whole thing. People talk about feeling defeated and not feeling adequate and all of these feelings, right? But you know, the truth is you can start today. And what if you were just honest with your children and sat down today and said, children, we're going to start today. Mm-hmm. And so no matter what, erases all of those excuses to say, we're going to start today. I'm going to take you from where I am and where we're going to learn. And this is exactly, I think, the way it's laid out in Deuteronomy. No matter if you're lying down or you're walking or you're sitting, no matter what you're doing, we are expected for God to be shared and for his truth and his history i love that too because i think um over the holidays i did that some with my my children as well we talked about some of the family history as well and what a better way to introduce the lord and i'm reminded to share this right now angie uh because of the effect that i had so every one of my brothers And my parents are both saved today because I was diligent to share Christ with them. Now, was I an expert in the law? Absolutely not. All I knew was what the Lord had done for me. And because I shared that with the members of my own family, they're all walking with the Lord today. And you know what? All I can credit that to is God absolutely performing his word if I was bold enough to just share the experience.
0: Mm, Amen. I don't want people to, to feel like they don't have something to offer. You know what? I think it's really powerful when a parent says, I'm not really sure. Let's go ahead and go into scripture and learn that together. Absolutely. I think children sometimes pick up on things way faster than we do. They do. <laughs> so have your child they walk you through
1: scripture. And you know, Angie, there's recent statistics that I would like to share today, and it's talking about who helped you come to Christ. And you know, over fifty percent of people surveyed said that their parents actually helped them come to Christ. Mm, Amen. It's over 50%. And then the next is 24% other family members. And then 28% children's ministry or leader, uh, and, or a youth minister or leader, 16%, the head pastor Was only 22%. And you know, that's what we do as parents a lot of times in our culture today. Well, I've got to get my children to come to church so that the pastor can lead them to the Lord. It's not (laughs) really the lead pastor's job. And I just heard some amens out there. Here's another thing that's really powerful. 26% said they were led to the Lord by Christian friends. Mm. That's a big deal as well. I can honestly say I had Christian friends impact me and yep. me coming to me Christ. Me too. Me too. And then the last thing on this list is a website or Christian movies is uh, down to 4.8%. Although, hallelujah, 4.8% of them came to Christ. But the whole point of this is that parents, by far and large, have the most impact on helping their children come to Christ.
0: Amen. It, it and... is
1: just simply the way it's designed. Yeah. <laughs> Again, this this uh, whole survey here just really tells that Deuteronomy four and Deuteronomy six that we looked at today is absolutely true, and it is by design that God designed it for the parents to share Christ with their children.
0: Let's talk about Proverbs twenty two six because I know a lot of people have heard this before, and let's talk about it a little bit more in this line.
1: Yeah, and it it says, Angie, train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And, you know, there's testimony after testimony that I've heard out there and their children became wayward or their children became prodigals. But it's the whole purpose of the prodigal son story, right? That if you train them up and you give them a foundation, the foundation of Christ, then even if they're old and they depart, that they will return. This is a promise to God because yes, there are children that God has entrusted to us. But if we pour into them, the things of the Lord that we must trust God to draw them back.
0: And I think that in more than anything else nowadays, our kids need to learn to have a relationship with God. Absolutely. Not just hear about him, but to learn to develop a relationship because when they have that relationship, then they start understanding their identity and their value. We have so many kids that are out there doing suicide and and it just it, oh, it's so upsetting to me. These kids need to know how much they're loved and they're yes. valued. And I think the best thing that we as a parent can do is steer our children towards God and a personal relationship. Because I think a lot of times parents want your children to follow in their footsteps. But I've seen with my kids, they need to find God in their own way. And I have to be Amen. okay with that. Amen. So long as they're continuing to follow God, I'm okay with that. But I had to learn the hard way yes. that it's not going to look my way. And right. I've, I've actually had to say that because one of my children said to me, I don't want to do church like you do church. Mm. And I said, oh, you don't have to.
1: Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly and so the, the the bottom line is the hope right if they know where to go to get the hope when when you talk about and you read about people that are suicidal and people that have been tempted by suicide they say there was no end in sight they were at the end of their rope they were at they were uh, meeting up at a with a brick wall. Basically, there was no hope left, and they were feeling trapped, and at the end of the road, and there was no hope to turn to, and then suicide became the only option mm. for them in their minds at that time. Yeah. But if you pour in and you teach your children that hope is found in the Lord, that He is the hope of every life, and He has a plan and a purpose for every life, that hope hope will ignite a fire, right, that will hopefully keep them out of this. And even if they go astray, that God will lead them back because of the foundation that's been placed within their hearts.
0: One last thing I want to talk about before we go to our testimony is sometimes it's hard to get those children, especially as they get older, to go to church with you. Right. That's not the important part. Right. Right. The important part is that while they're in your house, yes. while you have those moments, and I would actually say, let's create some moments. Amen. Hey, let's go out to dinner. My That's kids it. never refused to dinner. Right. But I had them right in front of me and we got to talking. And, you know, my daughter doesn't always want to hear all the God stuff because right. she sees it as religion. Yep. But if I start asking her about this, that, and the other thing, I have opportunities to share hey, you know what? That happened in my life, but this is what I did. And I get a chance to share God with her. And yeah. I say, hey, you know, if you had that in your life, if you had God to lean on, it wouldn't be so hard. That's it. You That's know, That's excellent. And it doesn't mean your life is going to be easier. It just means that you're not going alone. Right. And I, I just recently had a chance to say that to somebody, an adult, And they're like, yeah, I was been curious about this religion thing. I said, it's kind of nice to know you don't have to go through life alone. It's back to the hope, you said.
1: That's absolutely right, Angie. You know what it reminds me of, too, is if you had an hour with your children, if you were granted an hour with them, and you had an option, we can either go to church, which I fully endorse. Me too. (laughs) Or you could sit down with your children and get into the Word together.
0: Mm-hmm would yeah. that be so
1: terrible? Well, look, I'm just having all kinds of problems and then <laughs> I just can't get my children to come to church, right. okay? So let's take that hour and let's stay
0: home. Yeah. There's ways get of doing in the it. Word.
1: There is. Always ways of doing it. Absolutely. He and is. again, I'm not saying that we shouldn't go to church, but I'm saying if you only get a small sliver of time, spend that time with your children in the word.
0: Yeah, and l- let them know that God loves them. even more than you do, because that's the truth. All right. I'm excited to go ahead and get into our testimony. And we're going to talk with Jason Harris, who we actually talked with last week, but he had so many good things to say that we figured we would pull some out, especially when he starts talking about children, right? We've all raised children and we want to be able to help them come to the Lord. And so I'm going to play some more of this conversation that we had with Jason Harris.
1: So one of the things that we're looking at, Jason, in this is, is why. Why is it important? Well, can't we just take him to church and drop him off, and won't the youth leader teach him what they need to know in an hour?
2: Well, as a, as a guy who was a youth pastor, <laughs> let me tell you how much I hate that statement. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, man. I, you know, in, in serving as a as a youth pastor for a couple of years, I recognized that you know it was really a, a huge challenge. You know, when mom and dad weren't that backbone or grandma and grandpa or uncle and aunt or whoever it is that takes responsibility for that metron, for that that that, that area of responsibility around the child, um, you know, how how tough that is to be able to get through to that exterior because, you know, you're dropping them off with a youth pastor for, what, an hour, an hour and a half once <laughs> yeah. a week. Um, you know, that's, man, I mean, you, you wouldn't eat one meal one day and then quit the rest of the week, you know, but yet Jesus says, give us our daily bread.
0: That's Um, So
2: I think it's something that has to be, you know, we have to intravenously, you know, kind of, kind of share this with kids every single day. So it's very, very important. I think that church is beautiful and youth pastors are great. I think it's the hardest job in the world. That's why I don't do it anymore. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) just joking about that. I, I think that those are amazing individuals that do that, but, but really to kind of at least from my perspective, to absolve myself of responsibility by handing it off to somebody else is not being a good steward of what God has entrusted to me. And he has entrusted to me, children.
0: Oh, amen. So I have a quick question for you. And it's it's kind of actually based on what you were just saying. I have this survey in front of me that was just from last year. And when we were talking about who actually comes to Christ, the youth minister or the youth leader, there was 16% of the people who were actually yeah. brought to Christ because of their youth leader, but their parents, it was over 50%. So how yeah. is it, how can we help our parents to understand that it's okay to not know it all? It's okay to, I mean, I almost feel like you should have a Sunday school or a youth group time for the parents of the teenagers, <laughs> right?
2: Sure, sure. So how oh, do we yeah. encourage well, them? And, and I think some of it is just the humility of the cross and, and recognizing that we have need. Both me and my wife, uh, this would not be everybody's situation, but both me and my wife came into parenting very young. And so we knew that we needed some guidance. (laughs) We didn't have it all figured out. (laughs) Um, And so that has kind of kept us hungry um, in regards to, you know, seeking the Lord and and really kind of learning in our faith and growing in our faith as we're raising our children. Of course, like I said, 21 years into it, it's a little bit different, but, but God has still kept our hearts to be pliable in which we we still want to be taught we still are not above being molded you know and, and so i think that that's an important thing for parents to recognize is that it all kind of comes back to your own salvation you know did you earn any of it nope um did you did you do anything great to earn it nope um and so because of that um we are the recipients of great grace and because we've been the recipients of great grace then we can hand that grace off in how we raise our children. doesn't mean we don't discipline them. doesn't mean that we don't stop them from doing things or take their iPhones or whatever it is that we've got to do to get, you know, to be heard. Uh, but at the same time, it does mean that we approach our children, especially when we're teaching about biblical concepts with an attitude of humility and an attitude of, hey, let's look at this together. What's your opinion on this? You know, as you're going through the Word of God, it's so important to do those things because then it makes it interactive for kids. And it's not just what we decide to do, and they sit back and listen.
1: Yeah, I think the interactive part is so important, isn't it? Like, it's learning the practical side of walking this out, Jason. Like you said, there's ups and there's downs. There's, sure. there's good days and bad days. But the whole truth is, if we point them to Christ, who is our hope of glory, if we mm-hmm. know and we show them where to go to obtain mercy— That is, to me, it's us driving them to say, hey, listen, let me introduce you to not a religion, but let me introduce you in in a relationship with the creator of the universe, man, who brings all things to us that are good. And so it's teaching our children ourselves. And so if we do one thing and say another, we're not going to be believable at
2: all. Amen. Amen. Amen, bro. And you know, just as well as I do that, you know, it's one of those things where once you teach the kids, then there's something that rises up inside you that kind of gives you a desire to, to make sure you're modeling this really well in front of them. And and that's kind of like stoking that fire. You know, I, we just put a wood stove into my house, and it's so important yeah, every once in a while, even though you've got embers burning, to go in there and kind of poke it a little bit, make sure you get the flame going on, and, and that really, really k- creates a good heat in our home. Well, you know, a spiritual walk is very much the same thing. You've got to stoke those fires. Um, and sometimes our fire is being stoked by us teaching our children, and then sometimes our spiritual fire is being stoked by them holding us accountable, maybe not by words, but by proxy or by their presence, Excellent. To, live that, to live that life. So if it, it's an interdependent thing. It's not one you know, Obviously, we have responsibility over our children, but at the same time, they can actually preach the loudest message to us, because <laughs> Jesus said it best, um, you know, unless you become like a child, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. So we can learn a lot about our relationship with the Lord and accountability to the Lord and our accountability to the relationship, but just by stepping out and teaching our family.
0: Here's the toughest conversation I've probably ever had with my teenager is it's really great to open up those lines of communication and ask them about their world and how God fits Mm -hmm. into their world. And it ultimately comes back to some of these things that they're dealing with like transgender and homosexuality and things that they're actually dealing with. And these are people that they love. These are people that they deal with every single day. And all they hear Mm -hmm. from the church is we hate, we hate, we hate. And you're sitting there saying to them, no, 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 no. (laughs) So my daughter, okay. My daughter came home from college and I got a chance to pick her up and that's two and a half hours where she is stuck in the car, right? And so we had a two and a half hour conversation about what the Bible says, but the fact that, that we have to lead with love. I mean, it was such a great conversation. And that down, broke sure. down a lot of barriers to where she said, okay, God is not a God of hate. And, sure. you know, sometimes we have to have those tough conversations with our kids. And sometimes mm-hmm. they're going to see the world a lot differently than we do because it's the next generation and they're dealing with a lot more things. And I think yeah. that it's always good to at least have the conversation and at least let them know that they have a voice in the whole thing.
2: Sure. And I think that there are some things that we have to resolve within ourselves in regards to some of these societal issues. Do we really truly love those that are in this bondage? Mm-hmm. We have to ask ourselves that question because we can't preach that message before we apply that message. And so we have to kind of like resolve, you know, and sometimes. You know, I I read Google News on my iPad all the time. You know, my news briefing—it's always ready for me in the morning. Of course, I get to the Word first because I kind of what I want to know what's going on with God's Word before before I look at all the different stuff going on in the world. And, and I ask myself as I have all these different reports and you know we we are inundated with information. Sometimes it's you know we're getting as much bad information and as much bad news as what we we would have in 50 years in one year, right? You know, we're always hearing these stories and so it allows us to be able to look at those things and just be able to say, okay, how do I feel about these people? How do I feel about an individual that's struggling with this identity issue? And so we resolve that within our own heart and we say, you know, Lord, this is, how do you want me to look at this? How do we best go at this, right? Without going at people and harming people. And so I think we recognize that that we have to resolve within us. And then out of the outflow of that, then we can share with our children, how we view that but we have to that it comes down to legitimacy you know what i mean and, and and props to you for resolving within you that we have to lead with love that's that came from a reservoir that you had in which you had already resolved how you felt about individuals that don't particularly live your biblical lifestyle yeah correct um, and then you're able to share that with your daughter so that is that is a huge mark of, of great parenting on your on your side that you knew, because, you know, you don't want to be in there and, and just kind of like fight or flight kicks in and you're like, well, <laughs> you know, and say things that, that come off as too harsh, because we recognize as parents, we're modeling who the father is. Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: Children. Thank you for joining us today and pouring out and sharing your heart. And uh, Jason, I just appreciate you.
2: Appreciate the opportunity and obviously praying for everybody that's listening out there on Shine FM and uh, just hoping that they have a a great God encounter today.
1: Amen. You've been listening to Time to Revive on Shine FM.
0: Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Shine FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at ShineFMOhio.com. We're community-supported Shine FM.